0: I have a very dramatic announcement. So anyone with a weak heart should leave now. Unreal. Revolution. revolution. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unchanged. Unadulterated. Unbelievable. Cliffcentral.com. Revolution. What a joy it is on this wonderful, sunny afternoon here in Johannesburg, South Africa, for me, Professor David Block, to be looking up with you. uh, We will be looking up in awe, in wonder, in grandeur, and in splendor at the uh, cosmos above the macrocosm and, of course, the microcosm below. So every week we've been having fabulous guests, fabulous podcast downloads, and I just want to thank you again so much for uh, your support and uh, the incredible questions which we receive and which I have the joy and privilege of answering. And those answers get streamed globally um across our pale blue dot uh the earth i've been uh I've often wondered sitting behind this microphone, you know i've often saluted the pioneering mindset of Gareth Cliff and of Rena Bloomberg and the entire crew, and uh I've often wondered uh what is the actual future. Of digital audio broadcasting (DAB), Uh, one recognizes it as the next step in in you know walking into a New York subway and listening to you know programs like this just on your mobile. And so I came across a most fascinating article. and the headlines scream forth as follows, and I quote, In 2017, Norway will be the first country to shut down FM radio. And, uh, this of course is exactly what here is being done here at CliffCentral.com. Uh, it says the Norwegian Minister of Culture finalized a date this week making Norway the first country uh to plan digital to plan the transition to digital audio broadcasting as a national standard. So here we are, I'm part of the crew at Cliff Central Com and we in fact spearheading Duncan this incredible move to DAB to the digital audio broadcasting framework. Now today I wish to uh delve on a most interesting man on his thoughts and how his thoughts are applicable to your life and my life. And I'm talking of someone who, uh, literally wrote perhaps what one might call the Bible on investing and on speculation, uh, Dixon Watts. Uh, it is extremely interesting to, uh, look up what Dixon Watts actually wrote and, uh, I'll be sharing my thoughts with you. Remember that you can reach me, Professor David Block, in studio. I'll be giving you the contact numbers in a moment. You can reach me on Facebook at cliffcentral.com. You can reach me on um, Twitter. You can reach me live on air. I believe the number is, Duncan's writing it down furiously, I know it's a 0861. And then, Duncan, it's a 555, and then it is a 189. So to reach me, Professor David Block, live in this digital feed, 861 189 WeChat ID is cliffcentral.com, um, and all the other addresses as well on Twitter and so forth, uh, cliffcentral.com. I'd love you to reach me in studio, I would love you to reach me on WeChat, whichever medium you are most comfortable with. Now, in doing research for today's program, I uh, looked at the foreword of a book called Speculation as a Fine Art by a gentleman called Dixon Watts. So I was terribly interested to know... Who uh, Dixon Watts really was And he turns out to be one of the greatest Of investors and speculators um, In the late uh, 1800s In the forward to his book One reads the following You have opened and I quote The tomb of a great man His name and his exchange Have almost vanished Dixon Watts author of Speculation as a Fine Art and Thoughts on Life, was president of the New York Cotton Exchange, quote-unquote. So here we have a man who was right at the top of his field in the area and in the domain of speculation. He was president, Dixon Watts was, of the New York Cotton Exchange between the years 1878 and 1880. Um, it this that exchange is one of the greatest arenas of speculation in the united states a seat sold then for as much as forty five thousand u s dollars now that in eighteen eighty or eighteen seventy eight is an extraordinary uh, accomplishment. so in this uh, stream today pandora 's box is literally open. Uh, you have some of his thoughts in your hands and I wanted to share some of these thoughts with you because they really encouraged me so much this week to look up. Uh, let's just start, uh, with a few. Uh, for example, Dixon Watts wrote the following. Catch thoughts on the fly for there is no rebound. Uh, I repeat, catch thoughts On the fly, for there is no rebound. Often we dream, often we dream of new vistas, new theatres of our operations, new ways, new innovative ways, new inspirational ways of moving the cutting edge to the vistas of tomorrow. But uh, what's very interesting is that uh, Watts has it spot on when he says... Uh, catch thoughts on the fly, for there is no rebound In other words, trust your intuition And that is exactly what I observed, Duncan When I uh, worked with Professor Kenneth Freeman At the Australian National University Is that with him, the, he trusts his gut feel So, how does that apply, for example, to me as the author of books? Well, I suddenly have an idea. It just suddenly happens. Perhaps just even sitting here, I have an idea, say, for a new chapter in one of my new books. So, what do I do with that new idea? Do I discard it or do I develop? Do I embroider on that theme? I suppose over the years i 've trained my mind to catch the thoughts. Now, remember when you go out fishing, one might, for example, uh, have many fish in the uh, lake or sea or ocean wherever one happens to be. But you know the point is you don 't many people do not catch many fish. there are master fishermen who do catch many fish, but Dixon Watts gets it right. Dixon Watts says that we have to catch them. We have to take our thoughts and catch them. And I want to repeat it because I'm just so excited about this. Catch thoughts on the fly, for there is no rebound. In other words, once you think of a new innovative way or a new innovative app of doing something that has not been done before, then take those thoughts, grab a pen, and write them down because in, by doing that, you actually catch those thoughts. And I often do that with my life, with my career, with my researches. I might wake up in the middle of the night, uh, often just before going to bed. I have uh, a whole set of new ideas, possibly even this one, to share the thoughts of Dixon Watts with you, president of the New York Cots exchange, and so... I would immediately just write down, you know, uh, what's, uh, share thoughts on Cliff Central. And that's a thought. And I've just, it comes from, you know, seemingly just out of the blue. But the awesomeness is that, uh, you know, you then start sharing these thoughts. And I'm just so excited because they really just help me to look up. And so, yes. One's intuition is so important And I've asked Professor Kenneth Freeman The father of dark matter in our universe You know, what led you to the concept of dark matter? Ken, what was it? And I suppose that at the end of the day He would reply that it was his intuition He had an intuitive feel Somehow that something would happen If he traversed the less traveled road And that's the secret of my life and of my research is that one doesn't let thoughts evaporate, but one catches them. One catches them on the fly, meaning just as is. And once you've caught them, then there's no rebound because that's exactly I believe the secret of people like Steve Jobs and many others is that they learned, they trained themselves to catch thoughts. And here we have one of the greatest speculators uh, from the New York Cotton Exchange, and uh, he himself pens the words, two words, catch thoughts. In other words, don't discard thoughts, but uh catch them. So the lines are buzzing and I'm very pleased to see here Darren Jacobson uh, is with us on WeChat, I believe Duncan and Darren Duncan affirms this and Darren says, glad to be back on schedule listening to you Prof. David Block live on Cliff Central nothing wrong with catching up on the podcast well Darren it is awesome it is awesome uh, to be back, and to be back with my precious jewels, uh, my listeners. You are quite correct in saying that there's nothing wrong on catching up with podcasts, because... As I have just shared That is now the future of radio Is that we look at a country like Norway Now remember Norway is really a beautiful example Of a first world country I had the unique privilege Darren Of taking a group to observe the Aurora Borealis From Norway And uh, we were at a latitude in northern Norway Of 70 degrees So we were a mere 20 degrees away From the North Pole But what amazed me, Darren, is that in Norway everything works. For example, they start clearing the roads to schools at 3 a.m. Duncan, do you believe that would ever happen in South Africa, that at 3 a.m. in the morning we'd see people starting to clear the roads? Not in this day and age, Professor. (laughs) Indeed. Not in this day and not in this age. But in Norway, somehow they know that unless the streets are cleared and, you know, you want to go to work and you want to go to school, unless that happens, you won't go there. You won't reach a destination. So Norway is a country that really works. It's really, you know, right at the upper echelons. uh, The level of unemployment is just so, so low. But my central point, uh, Darren, is that if Norway is going the DAB route of the digital audio broadcasting route, then we should take heed because Norway just, it, you know, I have just got such respect for the way that country is actually run in terms of municipal delivery. It is awesome to see those snowplows working I was in a little town called Tromso in northern Norway. We might have some listeners listening to me now from Tromso, And uh, it is just so amazing to see things working so well. And yet they are deciding that the digital streaming route is the way to go. Because you think of someone sitting in their car, for example. Well, they won't turn on their radio in due course. They'll just put a little earpiece in their ear and listen on their mobile. But you can do that on the train. You can do it on the street. You can do it wherever you are. And I think that's an incredible thing about DAB or digital audio broadcasting or streaming. So uh, it is indeed podcasts are indeed an awesome way to uh, catch up on programs which one um, may have missed. And again that's catching a thought I think just as uh, Watts says Catch thoughts on the fly What you're saying Darren it's, It's another way of catching a thought But then there's some Beautiful, beautiful other thoughts And I just have underlined a few Watts also said As a speculator All see Few observe Fewer still compare And you know I happened to be part of a team who discovered uh the collision of two galaxies, two, uh, relatively nearby, the Andromeda Spiral Galaxy. And I was part of an international team of investigators and researchers who actually, um, you know, discovered uh, this uh, collision. And so people at Harvard, I remember one scientist at Harvard said, You know, at Harvard University, we have 300 astronomers approximately uh, working. And yet here you are in South Africa, and, you know, you and your team did it. And the results were featured in Nature, which is the world's most prestigious scientific journal. Now, he, I suppose, you know, hit the nail on the head, this professor from Harvard, because he said, all of us see... But very few of us actually observe. And I suppose I am trained. It's just like, for example, a neurologist um, or a neurosurgeon. You put two neurosurgeons together, show them the same x-rays, the same MRI scans, and the one sees this and the other sees something totally unique and different. And I suppose that's my training in morphology, is to observe rather than see. I look at things and I see, but then my eye homes in central focus and I try and observe. I try and understand. I try and probe and scratch beneath the cosmic horizons, not only to see, but also to observe. And I suppose, Darren, that um, when what's said, all see but few observe, fewer still compare, um, that does share the awesomeness and the difference of seeing, um, uh, and then of course the difference between seeing and observing. Then Watt said something very interesting. He says, common sense is sense men have in common. Now you must remember that by men he meant mankind, men and women. Common sense is sense men have in common. So, Just to give you an example, uh, George Bezos and I, our guest last week, our esteemed guest last week, Duncan, we were at a restaurant, and uh, at this restaurant, they were selling bottles of wine, which cost in range up to 30,000 rand. So, I mean, uh, what would you think, uh, Duncan, of buying a bottle of wine for 30,000 rand? Uh, Professor, I'd firstly think about my starving family members in yes. Soweto, so yes. I wouldn't go that far. Yes, exactly. So, he walked away in his quiet manner, Duncan, and he said, such people have, uh, a great amount of money, but zero common sense. Mm. Because one wheezes everything out the next day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I I think this is true that one wheezes everything out the next day anyway whether it's a hundred rand bottle of wine or thirty thousand rand bottle of wine and uh, so I guess that in his own way Bezos was saying that all see but fewer observe and I think it's very very important to observe in one's life with common sense I love the idea that uh, each one of us is endowed with common sense. And uh, that's something which um, Watts, uh, you know, placed such a striking uh, uh, swath of the pen. Uh, in this uh, interview, in this uh, little chat we're having on speculation as a fine art, uh, we have Neville Roberts on the line all the way from Oh, bye. Neville, it's awesome to have you on our show today. Nice to hear you, David. Can Uh, I ask a question on astronomy? You may ask whatever question you want to ask, even a 30,000 bottle of wine. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not in favor of that. Mm. And the subject of coronal mass ejections. Yes. If we were to have... One of the order of the Carrington event of 1859, I think it was. Yes. And it was a direct hit. What would be the impact on our interconnected digital world today? Yes, that's a very interesting question. Now, just to set the framework for our listeners, our sun is our closest star. The temperature at the center of the sun is 16 million degrees centigrade, which means that you can bake, fry, and boil simultaneously. And the surface the surface temperature is 6,000 degrees centigrade. And the sun continuously sheds vast bubbles of gas. Uh, their mass can be, um, a million to two million kilograms or more. So you've got this bubble, which of gas, hot gas, which the sun ejects, and, um, that bubble is called a CME or coronal mass ejection. These bubbles start traveling between, I would estimate, uh, you know, at the lower end, 20 kilometers a second. At the upper end, perhaps 3,200 kilometers per second, with an average of about 489 kilometers per second. And these particles from the sun in these bubbles are start traveling towards the earth, towards the earth's magnetic shield, the magnetosphere. Now, these bubbles, Neville, can reach us in uh, a time of 13 hours. Um, the average time is three and a half days for coronal mass ejection to hit the earth. Now, when they do strike the magnetosphere, they can cause radio blackouts. And we have experienced that uh, many times in the past where the broadcast media actually halt. Um, you can have huge power surges, surges, and you can have a halt. In broadcast, remember you've got this bubble of mass nearly 2 million kilograms coming your way and hitting the earth. Um, they are, in the dates you mentioned, uh, very close in number to the solar maximum. Uh, the sun goes through a cycle of uh, activity and then inactivity every uh, some 11 years. And so when the sun is particularly active... Uh, these high-energy particles, such as xenon and krypton, strike the Earth's magnetic fields uh, generally around the poles, Neville. So you have the aurora borealis, and you have the aurora australis. What is happening is that these high-energy particles interact with, uh, our, uh, with atoms in our atmosphere. They ionize the atoms, and in the spectra of the aurora, which I was privileged to see from Norway, uh, last year, uh, you see the most beautiful greens and uh, and reds and so forth. Specifically, elements and atoms being ionized of oxygen. And uh, Of nitrogen, but uh, yes, uh, they can have um, rather devastating effects on broadcasting, uh, blackouts, which might last for several minutes and more uh, huge power surge surges and I think what it goes to show Neville is just how active our closest star uh, really, really is is that it 's shedding uh, mass. In the form of CMEs or coronal mass ejections, uh, all the time. What were your thoughts this week, Neville, of the coronal mass ejection about to strike the Earth? Well, I understand it from from your comment. It's it was not a major event this time, so I wasn't really anticipating much.
1: That's correct. To be aware
0: of it down here. That's correct in In other words, what I would say is for this one it 's a weak cme a weak uh, coronal mass ejection. Uh, certainly, its mass would not be extreme, um, you would not have a high level uh, of activity and uh, But I just think it just goes to show uh, how dynamic the universe really is the universe in which we live, move and have a be uh, have our beings it is awesome to think that as you and I are talking Neville there's a cme a coronal mass ejection traveling towards us uh scheduled to hit on april 21 22 but as we pointed out uh on facebook it is not an extreme one. And so as far as, you know, global streaming is concerned, there'll be no effects whatsoever. But it is imp- extremely important to realize that when there's massive CMEs, uh, and massive sunspot activity, uh, broadcasting in general can be halted. Thank you so That's much, great. and enjoy your awesome day in Obai. I can just see you standing there overlooking the glory of your little private valley with the trees waving gently in the wind. Exactly. Be blessed, and to you and Margaret, always look up. Right that was neville roberts asking me about coronal mass ejections so let's have a look at the lines again uh we chat id remember Oh, we have something from inappropriate. I just love your code name there, uh, inappropriate because your comments are always so appropriate. <laughs> so to see you, uh, you know, to see, um, the wording come up inappropriate, I just think is so appropriate that, uh, it's inappropriate not to be appropriate. So, um, In fact, it's so appropriate that even people who study being appropriate would say that inappropriate is not appropriate. So, Professor, the fact that we know more about outer space than we know about the deepest parts of our ocean is frightening to me. Wow, that's interesting. Well, I wouldn't be frightened at all inappropriate. I would say it's inappropriate to be frightened, and I'll tell you why. As a scientist, I am on a voyage of discovery. As a scientist, I love, I love to discover. So, I'm not gifted to dive, for example, Duncan. You know, I expand like the universe does. And if I were to dive, I would just dive into the water and not reappear again. So, um, uh the point is that each one of us have talents, have unique talents, have unique unique capabilities. And, you know, perhaps one of my strong points, you know, is to discover. Uh, that's just something God has gifted me with is, you know, to move forward, to discover new things in our cosmos. Now, of course, there are multitudes of teams doing research under the oceans and um, I remember even at the Great Barrier Reef, there were huge numbers of scientists busy uh, studying the uh, life beneath our oceans, and it's true. You know, I would say there's so much still to discover beneath the oceans, and there's still so much to discover in our night skies or in our skies. Um, one thinks of the cosmic microwave background radiation. Again, there's just so much to do in that arena, And so I've always seen a juxtaposition between the big and the small with myself almost in the middle. And that leads me on, inappropriate, to another very interesting quote by Dixon Watts. And I want to share this and then I want Duncan to comment on it and then I'll elaborate. He says here, don't look at your friends through a microscope. In other words, don't find faults with them all the time. Don't look at your friends through a microscope, nor look at yourself through a telescope as if you minuscule. How does that grab you, Duncan? You might want to repeat that, Professor. You lost me. Okay. Uh, I'm not being fair to Duncan because I'm throwing some very deep philosophical (laughs) thoughts. Right. So let me just explain. Don't look at your friends through a microscope, nor at yourself through a telescope. So let me just unpack this for inappropriate and for Duncan. So don't look at your friends through a microscope. What that means is... Don't be petty and start finding faults with all your friends. You see, when we look at um, you know uh, specimens through a microscope, we're looking microscopically at the minutest little detail. And so many of us speak of people uh, minutely analysing even their body language, minutely analysing you know their every move. Is he doing this, you know, is he doing that, what am I doing, how am I sitting, are my arms folded, are my arms unfolded, you know, what is his tone of voice, what is the ambience in the room and so forth, and we generally speak that way about uh, several of our friends Is that the moment uh, one of us makes an error Then suddenly, you know, onto Facebook it might be Or wherever it goes uh, And people do tend to look at one another uh, At their faults rather than their strengths I remember a student who I will code name Yvonne And she came to me at WITS one day uh, Not her real name, of course And she said to me, and let's call her code name Yvonne, she said to me, Prof I just hate applied maths. So I said to her, that's your problem. Imagine if Tiger Woods got up every morning and said, I just hate golf. I hate it with a passion. I cannot stand golf. What sort of marks, in quotes, would Tiger Woods score? Would he be one of the great golfers? Well, of course he wouldn't, because he was hating it. And so I worked with Yvonne, codenamed Yvonne, for a couple of months, And I'm very proud to say that I saw her marks rise from 33% in applied mathematics to about 75% um, uh Duncan, which was a distinction level. So I have seen changes in attitudes when I feed on people's uh, zones of, uh, when I press their green buttons rather than their red buttons. In other words, I don't like looking at people. Through a microscope, you know. I meet many, many. I'm I'm privileged to meet multitudes of people uh, across the globe, but I'd never try and look at my friends through a microscope. Looking at you know, for example, um, I remember once picking up a scientist at the airport, and he stank. Um, he hadn't had a bath in months, but Duncan, that, I have to look beyond that. How would you feel, Duncan, if you, you know, picked up a famous scientist and they stank? What would be your impression? Would you concentrate on that, or rather concentrate on their mindset? It's hard, is it not? It, it is very hard. Uh, professor especially at first uh, at face value exactly. you think that uh, this person exactly. but uh, you would have to delve deeper into them and know the whole situation yes. to why they became they came to that point in their life where yes. they didn't take a bath for that. exactly long. i think that's just beautifully put is that what duncan is saying is that there's a story behind the story mm. there's a story behind the stink um you have to understand why has a person allowed himself ...to become so negative that they don't care that they reek from the moment they step off the plane to Witz. Um, you, you have to look at the story behind stories. Whenever I see someone acting negatively, I always ask myself, uh, let's not look at that person through a microscope, as Dixon Watts says... Um, but he also says, don't look at yourself through a telescope. Now, what happens? If you look at yourself through a telescope, you become a little dot. You become a little dot in the sky like a star. You just become tiny, like through a telescope. You look, you know, through a telescope, a distant lion, for example, if you're using the telescope terrestrially, might appear terribly small on the horizon. So through a telescope, we might see, look, seem very small, whereas through a microscope, of course, we're just so big. uh, You can't even look at our thumb through a microscope. So Watts has it very realistically and I just think this guy who was one of the great investors just made such interesting comments not to look at ourselves through telescopes. In other words, don't underestimate your potential. I say it again. Do not. Underestimate your potential And a third time Following the tradition of Churchill Do not never, never, never give up Don't look at yourself through a a telescope But neither look at your friends Through a microscope In other words, be balanced This comes to the whole area of encouragement And then we'll have a little music break Mm -hmm. Is the following Uh, Dixon Watts also said, and I quote In the presence of some people, we wither like sensitive plants. In the presence of others, we expand like flowers, quote, unquote. I just think that's awesome. You see, you've got one of the, you know, giants in the investment speculation arena. But what I'm doing today is I'm marrying some of his thoughts with myself. And with yourself, I'm taking some of the thoughts which obviously led him to be such an ex- successful entrepreneur into your mind and my mind. And most of you, I am sure, have not heard of Dixon Watts. But I just find his book absolutely enthralling. In the presence of some people, we wither like sensitive plants, says Watts. In the presence of others, we expand like flowers. Well, let me give you an example Of the expansion like flowers Well There are many examples I can give But perhaps one day When I expanded like a flower was I was driving To Vitz University When the telephone rang The mobile phone And it was the office of President Mandela On the line He was then President And he had offered To name our twin boys And the phone rang and they said this is the office of the president and that President Mandela was ready to name our twin boys, which he did. He gave them beautiful names, Duncan, and Quinquese, which means star, and Ketile, which means the chosen one. But, you see, I could not spell Inquinquesi. You know, when it came online, you know, when the word came online, in Quinquese, I thought, well, you know, I can't embarrass the office of the president, but... You know, I do not know how to spell it So I remember pulling my car off I said, please hold on a second Please, please, please And I grabbed everywhere for a pen And like a professor, I wasn't carrying one And it made the search even harder But I remember scrambling for a pen And then I found some paper It might have even been a check that I had used I can't remember what I found anymore but there was Nelson Mandela naming our twin boys, and so it was spelt word for letter for letter, N K W and so forth, Kunquesi and Katile, and I suppose that sort of promise by Nelson Mandela that he would name our twin boys, uh, who are now sixteen. Expanded me like a flower It somehow meant so much to me That the president of a country One of the most famous leaders of all time Took time to name David Block's children I think, you know, in retrospect That really helped me flower and it's always lived with me that he took the time. And not only did he take the time, but I remember visiting him at his home and he actually signed their birth certificates. I've never seen home affairs jump into action so fast ever in my life. You know, normally to get birth certificates takes weeks. With Nelson Mandela, it took a day or so, you know, or less. I don't know. Uh, once they asked, they said, Professor Block, Inconquersi Block, but you are a white guy. And then the twin. Ketile, block, come on, prof, something's wrong here. So we said, well, these are the names chosen by President Nelson Mandela. Well, I've never seen anybody in my life work at such relativistic speed. I think even Einstein, the father of relativity, would have been breathless at the speed at which they worked. But the point that I'm trying to make is that a little gesture like that was something which caused us... To expand like flowers And I must say that You know Over the years I'm privileged to address Thousands and ten thousands of people Sometimes per sitting But some people do make me um, flower Just like being here at Cliff Central Just the entire crew Help me to flower They really really do Another awesome time Which helped me flower so much Was when Gareth Cliff Once emailed me And he said Prof Let's have some coffee together And I said sure and then he invited me to have my own show. And I think that you know that just meant so much to me is that here Gareth really wanted me with him as part of this crew and that just meant the world to me receiving that email. Again helping me uh expand uh like a flower. A uh, Watts gets us right. He says, We expand like flowers. In other words, we increase In influence, we increase in our joy, we increase in our stride, we think of the Olympic race, we increase, we strive forward, we increase our leap, we increase our stretch, what has it right, we expand like flowers. You're listening to Professor David Block, we're looking up on Cliff Central Calm, a little music break. And I look so forward to being back with you. Unreal, Uncensored, unradio HitCentral.com Well, a hearty welcome, Professor David Block, and we are looking up together. The lines are busy, the WeChats are busy. Uh, we have a comment from, or a question from Inappropriate, uh, who is asking the most appropriate of questions. So, inappropriate says, Prof, sometimes I struggle uh, for extra strength to move on and to look up. Prof, where, who can I look to if I'm, or am I looking for Jesus, or I'm looking for Jesus? Yes, I believe that uh, in every, in reaching every dream, there is a tremendous calling to be focused I think you heard that on Advocate George Bichos' discussion last week, is that um he at 87 needs extra strength. But what gives him the extra strength is to keep the goal in focus. Think of an Olympic swimmer. They have a goal to win the Olympics inappropriate, and at times they need extra strength. And you know, there are many days inappropriate when I would wake up and perhaps not feel like lecturing right then and there, uh needing some little extra strength. Uh, but the wonderful thing is that if one is focused, as uh, you say you are, um, uh, or if you are not focused in reading your comment again, you know, to whom do I look up? Uh, t- t- to get that extra strength to move on. Uh I think that looking to Jesus is a, is an awesome way of moving ahead, don't you Duncan? Is that it's really uh setting one's lifestyle in focus on the creator of the cosmos. I think that's a very awesome anchor to have in one's life. Yes. Good. So there there, I would uh, heartily agree is that, you know, I've always kept the Lord as my absolute anchor. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so inappropriate, I just sense that's a heart cry. One sometimes feels like as if one's sinking, as if the boat is being rocked and so forth. But I do remember the incredible words of Dixon Watts. As the, to the fact that do associate with the right people. I really encourage you to do that. You know, Dixon Watts is very, um, hard on that central point is that, you know, some people make you wither and other people make you flower, expand like a flower. And, you know, if in any minute way I'm helping you today to expand like a flower, that makes my whole journey to Cliff Central Com Studios just so worthwhile. Is You know, I often say just when I get out of the car, even if I can inspire one person today to run the Olympic race with new vigor and renewed strength, I've most certainly achieved my goal and much more so. Inappropriate if there's, um, if that does or does not answer your question, just reach me by WeChat and we'll take that, uh, further. Um, another question. What would finding life on another planet mean? In other words, that's speculation again. What would, uh, life uh, on another planet mean for yourself and myself, and Watts was very key, very crucial on this point too Dixon watts he said don 't uh, make the m- develop theories which fit the facts don 't put theories ahead of facts, and I think that in the realm of the discovery of life. In our universe, there's a great degree of speculation. And so this is why I'm so excited to bring in the thoughts of Dixon Watts, because he was one of the greatest speculators of his time. Uh, president of the New York Cotton uh, Exchange. Imagine a seat at that stage in 1878 selling for forty-five thousand U.S. dollars. I mean, that is just worth an untold amount of money today. And you know, he just said that we need to really keep uh, the facts and the theories separate. Insofar as give the facts central stage, and let the theories follow the facts, not the facts follow the theories. And I think that's very true in just so many domains which I study, is that, you know, one can't discard theories, or sorry, one... uh, One must discard theories or modify them if they do not uh, um, meet with the facts. One simply must, because I think that was one of the great strengths of Einstein's theory of general relativity, is that Einstein predicted that light from distant stars would be deflected around the sun, and this was tested by Sir Arthur Eddington in um, the early 1900s, and he verified that Einstein's prediction was... was true so in other words you've got theories you've got facts and then you've got to juxtapose a balance between theories and between facts and so you know there's a lot of speculation as there was in the early 1900s that there'd be for example human beings on Mars but as we know there are no human beings on Mars whatsoever so that was speculation and when one speculates and if you put theories that there's life on Mars before facts, you can become unstuck. And that's exactly what Dixon Watts cautions against, is he says, do not place, uh, the, uh, theories ahead of the facts. He says here, and Duncan, I'm showing you this just to show that I'm actually speaking the truth here. <laughs> Make your theories fit your facts. Make your theories. Fit your facts, your facts, not your facts, your theories. And so, you know, insofar as life on other worlds is concerned, there are just multitudes, are a plethora of theories. But we have to be very, very careful about it's not go overboard and say, well, you know, this is now fact, that there's another Gareth Cliff on uh, Neptune or an Alpha Centauri or Proxima Centauri. Or there's another Jonathan, or there's another Rena, and so forth. One has to be very, very, very careful to distinguish and delineate fact from theory. And again, that just, I was just so thrilled when I read that comment uh, by Dixon Watts Make your theories fit your facts, um, not your facts, your theories. And so that's exactly what finding life on another planet would mean. Could it mean that it unites Us as humanity? I think it would Unite us just in the common quest Of seeking the Awesome grandeur, the story Behind the story The story behind the Big Bang The story of how we came To be here. Just uh, To whet your appetites before I continue On the thoughts of Dixon Watts Next week's a very special Week on Looking Up with David Block Because this is an awesome book I bought. Well Just to take the story one step back, I was invited by George Bezos to his birthday party and they had um, an image of George Bezos which was uh, on auction and uh then I started learning about the 21 Icons project which includes George Bizos includes Ahmed Kathrada includes of course the late president Nelson Mandela and uh, you know 21 icons in all and uh, the genius behind the 21 Icons project is, uh, you know, one of our leading photographers, absolutely so, Adrian Stern. And I look very forward to interacting with Adrian Stern before the program just to roadmap our questions and then bringing him in on the Cliff Central comms studio for one hour live. So that is Adrian Stern, the photographer, the you know, the legend behind the legend, the man who photographed all these icons, who uh, has, captures emotion in just such a beautiful way, and I would encourage you greatly to listen in to what he has to say to questions he will ask me, I will ask him and so forth in our interaction next week with Adrian Stern. Uh, Jerome is on the line, or rather on uh, WeChat, and Jerome says, May God bless you forever, Prof. Wow, I'm just wanted to cry. May God bless you forever, Prof. Because He made you an instrument to inspire us. You light our candle each week. Hmm. Duncan, write that down for me. I must. I want to make a big poster of that and put that in my office. So let's just write that. I'll write that down afterwards. But wow, I, you know. I suppose I have faced many, many Goliaths in my life, uh, Jerome, many Goliaths, and I'll be sharing some of the Goliaths I have faced in the weeks to come. And so, whenever I face a Goliath, I always remember the scripture that David cut off Goliath's head. And it's interesting because my name is David. (laughs) And so, Duncan, how do you like that, the David and Goliath scenario? It fits very well, Professor. (laughs) And so, you know, the reason that I'm alive is to inspire others. I think that's just so important. And I think you've captured it beautifully because you've said that you light our candle each week. I mean, that just sends me into orbit. It really does. That, you know, if I can, in the minutest of ways, and I just say this with the utterest degree of humility, if I can, in the minutest of ways, know that I have lit Jerome's candle. What is a candle? The candle gives light, but the candle gives most importantly Hope. I remember when Nelson Mandela was alive, the, f- the central focus he placed on the lighting of candles, light overcoming darkness. And well, that's why I'm here, Jerome. And I'm just so excited that I'm just God's little instrument to inspire and encourage you and to light, help or help light your candles each and every week. So we've been looking at speculation, at the realms of speculation, at uh, the powers of imagination, and uh, I'd like to end off with one or two uh, further thoughts uh, by this great man, Dixon Watts. He says, if speculation keeps you awake at night, sell down to the sleeping point. I love that. If speculation about anything keeps you awake at night, Sell down, in other words, get rid of those worries That's really what he's saying And to us, I suppose, in this extreme realm of xenophobic uh, violence and so forth If speculation keeps you awake at night, you are worrying too much I would encourage you to be part of the solution rather than be part of the problem My wife yesterday was part of a march At the University of Johannesburg Against xenophobic attacks I adore and appreciate every single human being I recognize each human being as a flower Born to uh, yet spread its petals further I see the mass of humanity Not as a mass of humanity But rather as individuals In conclusion, yesterday I was with one of South Africa's greatest cartoonists of all time, Dov Fedler. And uh, he came to the car to bid me farewell. And Dov Fedler said something to me which was quite remarkable. He said, just look at what's at my foot. And I had a look, and there was a little dandelion, a little plant, a dandelion. And he said to me, well, just look at those beautiful aerodynamically designed parachutes, and of course we know that when the wind blows, the dandelion sheds its parachutes to sprout forth new dandelions I see you as one of those awesome parachutes, I see you seeding new ideas, new creativity, new potential I see those parachutes being carried, your parachutes being carried in the winds of space and of time I see them landing on fertile ground I see them sprouting forth I see awesome new dandelions, I see new creativity and power and purpose and majesty and awe and wonder. Words fail me at 1458-59 South African Standard Time. Until next time this is Professor David Block looking up, trusting you've enjoyed the worlds of speculation as delineated by the great speculator uh, Dixon Watts and now some concluding music. Flip